Hi, this is James Rousseau, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of The Coiling Solution, where we look to empower you through awareness and actionable insights. On this episode, I'm pleased to be joined by Beth Albright. Beth has over 25 years of human resource experience in various companies with domestic and global accountability, working in both private and public companies. She was most recently the Chief Human Resources Officer for Chamores, a company which was spun out from DuPont and was named the Delaware Valley Chief Human Resources Officer of the Year in 2017. During our conversation, Beth shares tips on how to navigate through career transition sharing from her own personal story of doing it herself. She'll provide the do's and the do nots, as well as some of the critical points of what happens throughout that journey. So, as always, sit back and buckle up as we're about to link up with Beth Albright. Welcome to another edition of the CoreLink Solution. I am pleased and proud to be uh, with today Beth Albright. Beth is a senior leader in the human resources field. She has been a chief human resources officer at a number of companies. I am uh, very pleased to have her with me today. We are sitting outside in uh, Pennsylvania or right at the Pennsylvania, Delaware line. We just had a wonderful snow blizzard, but it cleaned up pretty nicely. <laughs> so one, I want to commend Beth for making it out today and getting here. And so uh, Beth, welcome to the program. Thank you, James. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. And why don't you further introduce yourself and what you're doing now? Okay. So um, as you said, my name is Beth Albright, and I have left being a CHRO in corporate America. I started as a sabbatical. It's kind of now a semi-retirement. And um, what I've moved into more is philanthropy and volunteerism. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so, and so we're, we're you know, folk, most folks know that I left Legal Shield about uh, what was July or so to move into uh, being a CEO of our nonprofit. And so Beth and I have a lot in common in that respect. And today's topic, uh, interestingly enough, is career transitions. Mm-hmm. So something mm-hmm. we both have in common, yes. and, and her more so than I, having been a chief human resources officer, because not only has she done it herself a few times, mm-hmm. but she's also overseen it for countless others. And so yeah. she has a lot of expertise in that area. So let's get started on that topic. And one of the things, Beth, you know, I've observed when I've watched people do it well is that one, sometimes the transitions aren't natural, right? Mm -hmm. I think of, for example, some of the people in the public light. When Mm -hmm. you see people like um, one of the most notable to me are like uh, LL Cool J, (laughs) rapper turned actor and other things. Um, Same thing with uh, Ice-T did it. And and now it's become more common Mm -hmm. for artists who are maybe musicians, become actors and otherwise and so on and so forth. I think oftentimes when, uh, when people are in the, uh, the non-artistry environment and in, in companies, mm-hmm. right? People find it to be more difficult, right? Mm-hmm. What, what would you say to that in terms of how people should think about career transition? Yeah. So um, one of the things I would say is think about what is the common theme of all the jobs that you've already done. Mm. Um, you, you know, for me, it was HR, but if you go back and look at, I like to solve problems. I like the, the, big, ugly, hairy, fast moving, you know, high energy type of roles. And so when I look at my career, those are the things that I would gravitate to. And I think a lot of people will uh, pigeonhole their thinking into a job or inside a structure. And what I would say is really think about what, what, really energized you Mm. and you will find a common thread with all the jobs that you've really enjoyed. Got it. Now that's a good point and a great segue because Mm -hmm. I purposely jumped into the topic (laughs) to see if we would get to this 
what made you do your transition? Because you were in a role where mm-hmm. I had people ask me this question mm-hmm. a lot, right? You're in a position where you've gotten to the C-suite. Mm-hmm. We both did the same thing, got yeah. to the C-suite. But most people say, wow, you're in the highest level yep. of earning opportunity in the next 10 or 15 years. Mm-hmm. This is the point where most people want to get to. And now you're going to leave and move into philanthropy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? <laughs> right. So for you, take let's take a step back. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take you back to when I was 28 years old. And uh, I was a global HR business partner in Roman Haas. And our head of manufacturing walked in. His name is Steve Rauscher. And um, he said, Beth, I'm, g- I'm going to retire. And I said, congratulations, Steve. You made it on your own terms, on your own timeline, because so many people don't. I said, how do you know that now is the time to retire? He says, you know when it's time to retire? I said, please tell me. He said, when you have enough and you've had enough mm. and they meet. He said, I've had enough. I don't have enough. He said, I now have enough. It's come down. I've had enough. They've met and I'm out. Mm. And I never forgot that. And so when I think about, you know, where I was and what I wanted to do, it was um, it was an amazing experience. So it was a spinoff from DuPont. We took the company public. You know, we rang the opening bell on the New York Stock Exchange, mm-hmm. you know, all really great things flying all over the world. But at some point in time, you, I took a pause and right. I did an assessment and I said, is this the life that I want to lead? Is this the, it's not so much balance, but is, do I still want to continue to do this? And I kind of came to a point where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. I've, I've done it. Um, I had been doing it for almost 10 years and I said, I want to go do something different. And so I looked and I said, I have enough now you're never going to see me on the Fortune 500, right. you know, richest people's list. And I had had enough. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, this is the time to transition. So the first have enough mm-hmm. is financial. Financial. Absolutely. And, yeah. And, and that's the, important. Yeah, exactly. And what's the second? Have the enough? second is had enough. And for everybody that's different, you've had enough of the travel. I, I, I actually quit a job because of the travel. Mm. I traveled 264 days in a 12-month period and it wasn't going to let up. And I wow. said, I can't do this anymore. It was in the second year of my marriage. And I said, you know, I can't, I can't do this. You sure. know, I have no, I have no outside life. So I had had, had enough was travel. Um, for this, it was the pressure. It was, and the constantness of it. Um, it was a global company and we worked weekends. You know, I worked 12, 13, 14 hour days continuously. I had an amazing staff and um, the byproduct of having an amazing staff is the problems that made it to me were the ones that my amazing staff couldn't solve. Right. Um, so every problem was big, hairy, ugly, you know, high pressure, you know, important. And at some point in time, I found out that I was missing uh, missing my family. Um, my kids are still teenagers. They're in middle and, and early high school. Mm-hmm. And I said, I can't miss any more of that. So for me, it was just making a choice. Right. Um, do I miss it? Oh, yes, I miss it. I miss the importance of it. I miss the, you know, the the energy of it. I miss the, you know, the high, you know, strategy and all. I miss that. But I had had enough at that period of my time in my life to say, I want to choose something else. Yes. So let me ask you this. Once you had determined Uh you needed Mm -hmm. to make that transition, 
How did you plan for it? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it's not it's not immediate. So it's more of an a, more of an evolution. You start to think about it and then and then you start to talk about it and then um and uh and you have you start to bring people in. We certainly brought in our financial planner and um had had months of conversations um with him. And um and my boss and I we also started talking and and um and I knew things that were not always the best that they could be, you know, certainly with their, with my boss. And so, you know, kind of brought him into the conversation and it was a, it was a very adult conversation and saying, you know, is this working for you? Right. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not sure it's working for you. I'm not sure it's working for me. We probably should, you know, talk about something different. Mm. And so it usually starts in your mind and then you start to verbalize it. And then when you start to verbalize it, you can start to figure out, okay, what plans do I need to have in place? And then, and then you just kind of broaden those conversations to a point where you actually have a plan. And then you can say, okay, this is what it looks like. And can I do it? Because I would never recommend someone just, you know, just be like, you know, yeah. like, like Jerry Maguire, I'm out. <laughs> Who's with me? Right. <laughs> and, and so, you know, as you work through this, talk about, impact to family so you're yeah. you're married mm-hmm. yep children yes how many i have two, two. Uh, 14 and 16 14. at this point okay and, mm-hmm. and during this transition and getting ready what was the response like in the home yeah so um so my husband's been a full-time dad for nine years and that was to allow me to uh be able to do my career and i would sell tell you it's a rare couple that you will find where somebody is in the C-suite and the and the spouse is is got a, a big job also. Many times they are are stay at home to if they have a family, and that was the choice we made. So he saw me. He saw the effects on me. Um, I was actually I had all these like ticks. I was seeing a neurologist. It was all stress related. They're all like, you're healthy. It's all stress. It's all stress. It's all stress. I'm like, I'm not stressed. <laughs> I can handle this. <laughs> Apparently I was stressed. My body was telling me I was stressed. Um, and uh, and then we talked to the kids and it was interesting that when we told the kids that, that I was going to you know, stop working, the responses were one of fear. Um, mm. You know, do we need to go out now? Go get a job. Is Dad going to go back to work? Are we going to lose the house? You know, so so the impact on them was was uh, really um, surprising. I would say. Well, uh, how yeah. were they when you first? They talked were twelve about and fourteen. Twelve and fourteen. Mm-hmm. So they were very conscious of. Mm-hmm. The financial mm-hmm. and potential financial impact. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think it was because you know, you know it was well, mom's working, you know, because right. because they had heard that their most of their you know that they can remember, right. um, you know, mom's working, you know, she's got this job, she's working, and um, and they knew it was an important job, and so then you, you know as you grow up and you know the um, the materialism in our in our society is quite high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so when you say, okay, the person who's working and making the money is now going to quit, it's like, what goes away? And um, so what we, um, what we, what we decided to do is when we decided to get into philanthropy, we told the kids that we were going to give the money away. Mm -hmm. And they're like, my son was like, no, no, give it to me. (laughs) I'm a charity. Why would you do that? Um, but I think it also gave them comfort that we were going to be okay. Because right. um, we said, you know, we're, we're going to be okay. But they, they didn't believe it because they don't know anybody 
who has um, parents that both don't work. Yes. So interesting. So they were very yeah keenly aware of the financial impact. But, you know, the interesting words you just said is that both parents don't work. I mean, you were mm-hmm. transitioning to running mm-hmm. a philanthropic organization. Mm-hmm. So you will work. You just mm-hmm. won't work in a for-profit organization. Correct. Okay. Yeah. But they didn't see it that way. They didn't see it that way. Yeah. Now, because I had been a corporate person my whole career, right. you know, as long as they they knew us, as was my husband sure. before he stopped working. Sure. And um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you've done it, done it successfully. How long has it been now? Uh, it would have been the end of July of 2017, so a little bit over a year. And somebody said to me, they said, well, you'll have a portfolio career. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know what that is. And I have since learned a portfolio career is exactly what I'm doing. And that is a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm on, um, you know, I'm on the board up at Penn State. I do mentoring for uh, mid-career women through this organization, The Power of Professional Women, mm-hmm. um, because I think it's really important to um, to help if people, if women aspire to be a senior executive, they just need to know what they're getting into. It's neither good nor bad. It just helps them not step on landmines that that I did along the way, makes it easier for them. Um I've been asked to do some consulting, so I'm doing, you know, kind of like a gig economy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit of gigging uh, on the side. And I've stayed very involved with the um, HR community in Philadelphia. I've been, gotcha. you know, I've been a guest speaker. I've been a judge for some of the, um, you know, the HR awards that uh, that come through. So uh, I have... <laughs> I've become the president of the high school boosters club for soccer. I'm on the parish council for our church. So I am far from sitting around doing nothing. Got it. That's great. Mm -hmm. So as you reflect on um, both your own personal journey Mm -hmm. and the others, countless others you've seen, watched Mm -hmm. and helped through organizations, I guess there's two questions. One, what advice do you give to people Mm -hmm. who may be preparing to go through a similar transition. Actually, man, I have, I have probably, I've got a lot of questions. Let me try to keep it to, <laughs> keep it, keep it to three. Mm-hmm. One, do you find that there's a, a need to help people focus their energy on finding their, their gifts, their passion, their purpose mm-hmm. during this time? Let me stop with that first question. Yeah. So, you know, people ask me, what's my passion? Yeah. And I can't answer that. Okay. It's really interesting. And it's one, one that has rattled around in my head for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So what I try to do to help people think through what their job is, especially even like when I, you know, in HR, we do a lot of career counseling for our employees and their development. Like, what do you want? What what are you developing for? It really centers around helping people realize what energizes them. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a passion or not, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I can tell you what energizes me, but I'm not sure I could tell you what my passion is. Got it. And so it's helping people find what energizes them. Like what uh, what gets them to a point where they they don't see time moving. Mm. You know, they don't look at the clock or they look up, it's like two hours later, or where they say, yeah, this is going to be fun. Even if it's hard, yes. even if it's, you know, ugly, it's going to be fun at some warped level. Right. <laughs> but it works. So I think it's really around what what energizes you. Someone gave me the advice one time. They said, go back and remember what energized you when you were a teenager. Yes. And I thought about that. And for me, I used to love to climb the tallest tree I could find to the very tippy top. I I actually got grounded one year. (laughs) 
<laughs> when my parents found me at the top of this tall oak tree. But I loved it up there because it was a challenge to get up there. It sways at the at the top. So it's just beautiful and you could see forever. It was out in fresh air. And what I and then the other thing I love to do is take my horse. I grew up on a farm. Take my horse and go exploring. Mm-hmm. Like just go exploring like right. you know on uncharted areas and just see what see what emerged. And when I think about my career, that thread that I mentioned earlier has continued. I like things that were that were challenging. I like things where you, I could travel and go see from you know far away. I like things that um, didn't confine me in an office or allowed me to get out. It's I think why I chose manufacturing as an industry because right. you get to go out to the plants, you get to see things being made, and I always. I always enjoyed exploring new things, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether that would be, you know, taking a company public or taking a bigger job that I w- didn't know I was really prepared for. Um, but I did like to go learn and go do. Right. And that hasn't changed from when I was a child. And you can see that common theme. So my advice to folks would be think back when you were a teenager, what energized you and really think about what that was and then find that in your work or in jobs or careers that you want to do. Yes. Got it. Got it. That's great. And, you know, it's it's interesting, right? Because you, you make an excellent point, whether um, you can identify your passion or purpose or not. Um, like you said, what energizes you, uh, your gifts. Mm -hmm. Some people like to say, Mm -hmm. I saw another Mm -hmm. TED talk. She used another language, but it's whatever is that trigger that is driving you for need for change, Mm -hmm. right? That's the point is that trigger point that is making a person need to transition. So then my second question then becomes how the person manages that change. Mm -hmm. What have you seen in terms of the things that, you know, let's call it best practices Mm -hmm. that the person can do to manage through that change. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of things that I would recommend. Know where you are and know where you want to go, even if it's not a specific job, just in general. Mm -hmm. And then the easiest thing you can do is take jobs that evolve to that new point. Mm. So, you know, volunteer for projects. You know, I was thinking if you're, if you work in finance and you want to open a, a boutique shop someday, which would be a, a tremendous career change, there are things that you can do in your existing organization to help you evolve there. So you could take a job in marketing. You could take a job in customer service. You could take a job in business finance to talk, you know, to understand how you, how you run a business and all of those skills you will eventually need if you open your own boutique. Yes. So, so find, find jobs that help you pivot and evolve to, to do a, a, a step change is very difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's easier in organizations that you're in or tangential types of jobs that you can do as long as it evolves you towards your end goal. The other one is, you know, fig, you know get your finances in order. You, you, know, it's, you really need to figure out where you are and what's the minimum you'll need. If you decide to go out on your own, if you decide to take a sabbatical, if you decide to change jobs and you might go into transition for a period of time, but you know you, you need to inform yourself and, and understand what's your sustainable gap. Yes, and that isn't that is important. The other thing that I tell people is use your vacation time to try out different things. I call ooching. So use your vacation time to ooch something. So if you want to go try something that's totally different. 
I would propose that somewhere in your network, someone is already doing that right. and say, hey, can I go and shadow you for a little bit? It seems weird as an adult to go shadow another adult. I mm -hmm. mean, because you think of it as kids to adults, but go ooch it and see, is this all that it seems? Is it as sexy as I thought it was? Go ooch it. <laughs> go ooch it. Where does ooch come from? <laughs> it actually comes from, I think it comes from Daniel Pink. Um, um, he, I heard his talk one time, but yeah, he was, he was a big thing about this ooching and I never forgot it. I'll have to find the real you know, person. The, the whole mm -hmm. art, though, of um, apprenticeship and mm -hmm. shadowing mm -hmm. seems to have faded a lot. It has. No one has time. You know, everyone's heads down. I don't have time to train somebody. I don't have time. You know, that's a lot of work. It's a lot more effort. And so people don't. Um, there was a lot of value in that. There's a lot of value in that. Yeah. 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 And, and for someone who's trying to change. Mm -hmm. So those are some, some of the practical advices. And then the other one is just grow your soft skills. Um, your soft skills will transcend any job, any, any career and reach out and let folks know your network is broader than you mm. realize. And so many people don't leverage it. So reach out to your network, ask them for help, let them know what you want to do. And, um, and you might be surprised how many people are willing to just help you simply because you asked. Yes. So conversely, I always like to ask the other side of the question, mm -hmm. what are the absolute do not do's? Yeah, don't go in and just quit. <laughs> <laughs> what will make you say that? Do you have any experience? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I would not recommend it. <laughs> yeah. So um, so what James is alluding to <laughs> is when I my very first job out of school was my favorite job to this day. Loved it. But I ended up traveling 264 days in a 12-month period in the second year of my marriage. And I got on a plane every Sunday and came home every Friday. And then they they did a downsizing in the department. They said, but Beth, we're keeping you. And I said, I don't want to stay. And I and I literally just said, I'm 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 gonna I'm not staying. You know, you can lay me off. They didn't lay me off. I had to quit. I got no severance. Everyone's like, what are you doing? But I just stopped and I just walked away. And I remember at the time, because I'm older, you actually had to go to the unemployment office mm. and stand in line. Oh, yes, right. Physically. Physically. Yes. Physically stand in line. And I remember standing there going, I'm better than this. I shouldn't be here. But I put myself here. Mm. Don't recommend it. It it might feel good momentarily, <laughs> but it's not. And and once you make the turn in your head, you can survive until you figure out uh, mm -hmm. um, your next steps. But don't just like out of frustration, just cash it in and, and walk out. It's not good. Yes. It, it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Any other do not do's? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, leave well. When, mm. whenever, whenever the transition is under whatever circumstances there are, leave well. Even if you're disgruntled, even if you're upset, even if, you know, even if it wasn't your choice to go into transition, leave as well as you can. Be mm. gracious. Don't, you know, don't badmouth it. Everyone, I believe, at work is really trying to do the best that they can do. I don't think anybody comes to work thinking, I'm going to, you know, do a bad job today. I think everybody honestly comes to work every day trying to do the best that they can. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes it's not right for you. But leave well when those transitions happen. Yes. Do not burn bridges, folks. Yeah. Don't do, Never don't do that. Never pays off. Never pays off. Never pays off. No. Yeah. You, you, the, especially with social media. Right. You don't know people's networks. That's right. 
Um, and you will be surprised how intertwined networks really are. That's exactly right. So now with your um, CHRO hat on, mm-hmm. how do you believe organizations can better prepare for this, right? In terms of more people potentially going through transitions, right? Yeah. Because it almost feels to a certain extent uh, inevitable. It, it feels like we're becoming more of a, you know, in my book, and this is not a promotion point, there's two things I talk about. One, I talk about the collage. I like to yep, call it, that, it that, you know, you should, you can, and I believe should, I'm a, pro- a proponent of it, view your career as a canvas. And yes. you could have one color of paint, but yep. man, that would feel boring mm-hmm. and throw more color on it, right? Mm-hmm. As a as a painter would. Um, and thus you're going to add more variety, more skills, which make you more fungible and you can do a lot more things. Mm-hmm. And then secondarily, have a me incorporated type of mentality where you're thinking about your unique value proposition, which continues to expand as you put more paint on your collage. Mm-hmm. So then how can organizations better prepare for that? So they don't think about, man, I need to keep this talent and keep them in this sole job or position or job family versus as an organization, how do I harness this talent and unleash this talent? Mm-hmm. What can, organ- you know, from your, from your experience, well, one, maybe there's more happening that I just don't know about. Mm-hmm. Are, are organizations ready for this? And if they're not, what can they do to better prepare for it? Yeah, so, um, so some organizations are more ready than others, certainly. Okay. And the trend has go- been going to competencies. So what's the competency that people have? You know, ha- um, are they good at problem solving? Are they good at, um, you know, critical thinking? Are they good at, you know, things like that? Versus what's been your job or what's been your career? Mm-hmm. The other, the social contract in large corporations, and that's been my experience, is, is mainly large corporations. Corporations. I have worked for private equity. I have worked for family-owned and operated. But my balance of my career has been in large multinational corporations. The social contract changed probably about 15 years ago, where people would join a company and then plan to retire from there. You know, and you started to see that not happening. A lot of restructurings. Pensions went away. They were replaced with 401ks to make it more portable. And the social contract used to be: if you come to work, keep your nose clean, do a good job, you know, we'll employ you. basically for life. What happened then is when that could no longer be the guarantee, it it became, if we can't keep you employed, our obligation is to keep you employable. And so if we can't keep you in our workforce, when we send you out on the workforce, you know, in the open market, you will be employable. Unfortunately, that doesn't always happen. Mm. And and the biggest challenge are for those who have worked in a single organization for many, many years, and then have a demographic profile in the sunset of their career, and they go into transition. Mm. That is by far the most difficult. And I think that it's twofold. You have to advocate for yourself to go to training. You have to advocate for yourself to to join projects, to do things so that you have this extra color on your canvas. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, if you work for an organization that doesn't provide it, I would think, you know, is this the right organization for me? Mm-hmm. Unless you are pretty secure right. that you can, you know, make it to the finish line on your own terms. So mm-hmm. the, um, the, the thing I would always tell people is – Show up, volunteer, get involved, um, whether that be in clubs, whether that be outside the organization, but you, but you need to have many, many touch points and inside the organization and or outside the organization. Gotcha. 
Excellent. Well, that's good to hear. And, you know, uh, we had another episode where we talked a lot about uh, entrepreneurship, Yes, which is another mm-hmm. great opportunity, right? So again, I'm a fan of um, many, well, many times people begin with the notion that if I want to move to a, another role, mm-hmm. I have to make that move. And you made a very good point too. Gather other skills that you may need, like mm-hmm. the example you talked about, right? Because mm-hmm. innovation can start from the seat you're sitting in Absolutely. today. Do it better. Grow where you're planted. Grow where you are, right? <laughs> <laughs> Innovate from where you are. Uh, Matt Winter uh, doing his uh, uh, interview, uh, the very first podcast talked about, you know, saw the wood in front of you. Do an <sighs> excellent job from the seat you're sitting in. But entrepreneurship, when organizations start that, give people an opportunity to do a whole nother mm-hmm. thing with inside an organization. Mm-hmm. So the last thing I'll ask you is we, we start to wrap up a little bit. Well, not the last thing, but another mm-hmm. thing I'll ask you is as people begin to um, think about transitioning and things like that, are there any favorite resources that you've uncovered as you were going through your transition? Any favorite books or websites or tools that you've held near and dear that you refer to folks mm-hmm. um, as kind of like, you know, just, yeah, tools. Just tools. I have found that other people are probably the best tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I had some favorite books. I'm not sure that they're really good books for uh, folks in transition. Okay. But, you know, talk talk to other people. Don't be afraid to share. Don't be afraid to reach out. Do it judiciously. Okay. You know, you, you don't, don't go to your boss and say, hey, I'm thinking about maybe not staying. <laughs> not the right person. But look at, look at your network, connect with others, um, especially in this day of social media, especially in the, in this where you can have access to so much on the internet, um, through other people, through conversations, through organizations. And I would, and that's the one thing I would say is join, mm-hmm. um, connect, connect with folks and, and join up. You know, we, we, talked earlier about, you know, ooching jobs. For many years, they talked about things being a career ladder, yes. you know, like, you know, go this rung, next run, right. And now the the philosophy, it's not a ladder, it's a jungle gym. Right. You know, those big domes on the old playgrounds, mm-hmm. you go up, down, sideways, you, you get to choose your path um, and you stay within, you know, the kind of this jungle gym, but it's not a, it's not a ladder. And I think so many people get discouraged when they don't see their career progressing up a ladder. Right. And and very few career paths are linear. Um, that's probably the rarest. The um, you know the thing to recognize is that you are developing, you are growing where you are, right. and it allows you to to grab a different pathway mm-hmm. that you get to define. It's scary. The the one thing I do talk to people, the biggest resource they have is their own courage. Yes, it takes courage to to try. It takes courage to go into the unknown. It takes courage to fail. It, it just it just takes courage to recognize that where you are may not be where you want to be, mm-hmm. and that's that's a sad realization. Uh, I, I know it was for me when you go, wow, this is not where I want to be because I wanted it to be. Yes. Um, and so you you have a, a little bit of a you know you know the Kubler Ross you know death and dying. There's a loss mm-hmm. in recognizing that the job you're in is not really where you want to be. Yeah. Do you think there's a, uh, well, why do you think that people are beholden to the ladder versus the jungle gym? Because that's what we've been told, mm-hmm. you know, your career, you know, career ladder, career ladder. You, you, we've, we've, we've been told that. And I think the, the, 
there is a lot of social pressure on advancing. Um, and some of the worst things I have seen organizations do, and sadly I've been part of this, is to promote somebody who should never have been promoted. Mm. They had found their job. And when people find their job, it's a gift. Yes. But then you say, you're so good in this job. You need to go to the next job. You need to go you know, and aspire to something more. And I think that that's a disservice that we have kind of collectively. It is a, um, it's a societal thing. I mean, it's, it's what is expected. And sometimes it's really not the, the best thing. If you find your job and you're happy in the job and it allows you to do everything you want, mm-hmm. you know, stay there. Don't, don't succumb to the social pressures of you have to take the next rung. You have to go higher. You have to have your boss's job. You don't. You don't. You exactly. really don't. Mm-hmm. I, I really, like I told you before we started, love that phrase. It's, mm-hmm. it's no longer a ladder. It's a jungle gym. Mm-hmm. I just think it's great. So let me ask you this um, again, as we kind of begin to wrap up, if you, if you had a chance to go back and talk to the 14 or 16 year old Beth, what would you tell her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the one thing I would tell her is don't break so many bones. <laughs> broken. It comes back in your old age to haunt you. But what I would say is, you know, keep the sense of adventure, mm. um, you know, and the ebb and flow of the day to day and the responsibilities of life, you know, job, family, you know, um, other res- you know, responsibilities, you lose your sense of adventure and you forget to play. Mm. So I lost my I was very adventurous. I lost my sense of adventure. So I would say, I would say that just keep it, keep it there. Yeah. Adventure. Have fun. Have fun. Have fun. Okay. And then uh, lastly, you know, um, because I think you gave us a number of points that, that are just really excellent. Is there anyone, you know, when you think about in your past that uh, we're always looking for more people to welcome to the program? Some folks that Mm -hmm. uh, you might recommend a person or two that you think should be on this program to really enlighten our audience. Yeah. So I've got a few, actually. Michael Harding. She is the uh, leader and founder, co-founder of Juno Search. Leon Singletary has moved into nonprofit and, uh, you know, in HR. Uh, Chantal Fitzgerald, who does, um, she's young, she's an entrepreneur, and she is focused on wellness and mindfulness, uh, which is an evolving uh, area, and she's building it herself. Nick Arico, who's who's the CEO of uh, uh, Achieve Next, his focus is pulling CFOs and CHROs together to to bridge those relationships to drive better business. Mm. And then my, um, and then Francis Sheehan, who's the executive director of um, the Foundation for Delaware County, which is a, a new foundation focused in um, philanthropy in Delaware County. Nice, excellent. You've thought about this. I did. <laughs> I love I it. Did. I love it. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Beth, for for coming out and uh, facing the weather. Uh, excellent to have you on the show. Is there anything that uh, I, we didn't cover that you wanted to make sure you imparted? No, I thought of some other things I would tell my younger self. Oh, and I would say, let go in the creases. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is um, I kept work with me always. Mm-hmm. And and, and, it, and it, that's not a bad thing. It's important to think about work. But there were, when I say the creases, there are times that you should just let it go and 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 really disconnect and give yourself a break. I think that was my failing is I never let it go. Mm-hmm. I kept it always. And there are creases in your work, um, even high demands where you can let it 
but you can just let it go. And then to recognize sooner when I have had and had enough. Let go in the creases. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, I like so. that. You're, you're a good phrase uh, person. You, you, you hold on to great <laughs> phrases. I've been exposed to several thousand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's great. Well, thank you again for coming. I appreciate it. My pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, James. Thank you for linking up with me for another episode of The Core Link Solution. You are informed, empowered, and can now be accountable. What were some of your takeaways from this episode? I always enjoy hearing from you, so please share. Additionally, if you have questions, here's some things that are new to you or need some clarity on some of those things, I am here to serve. Go to our website at thecorelingsolution.com slash podcast. Right below the show notes, you'll see a comment section. Tell me about some of your takeaways from the episode. You can ask your questions. You can mention challenges in the areas that we cover or tell me about guests you'd love to hear from. Alternatively, you can do the same through social media channels of Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Thank you as always for linking up and I look forward to seeing you next episode.